0: Well, I'm going to try to uh, deliver all that's in my heart, and hopefully it'll be more that's in my heart. You don't want just what's in my heart. We want from His heart. But you know, I want to also again thank you guys. I know we sent out some things, but... uh, Thank you again for the way you served people. We're hearing testimonies of people that came here from all over America and many, many nations, and you loved them, you served them, and uh, that we're hearing feedback now. And so we just really appreciate the way you gave of yourselves for this conference. It was an amazing time. Did Did you see Rick's rant? Did any of you see that? We sent that out. You know, that's a good name, Rick's rant. But um, anyway, I thought it was a good thing and. You know, I know there are people criticizing. Those folks are going to be around to the end. They're going to be criticizing, but they're not going to possess the promises. I'm telling you, God's just not going to let it happen. You don't go into the land with murmuring and complaining and critical spirits and judgmentals. You know when you judge another, you know what you're actually doing? Setting yourself up as God. I know more than you, God, so I'm going to to judge here. I'm going to set it straight. And God's going to just, you know, anyway... You should watch Rick's rant. I'm not going to rant. No ranting. But I am going to share what God puts on my heart. But it's an amazing time. Now, I know God is doing some incredible stuff. We're hearing things that are unexplainable. That's a good thing. you know. You know, if you can explain everything, it's probably not God. It's probably the religious system of the day that's set up to make you feel good about yourself. But if things are unexplainable... You know, unattainable, you know, that's probably God. Because they're attainable if he, if, he, if he does it. Anyway, that's pretty good. Maybe we'll just keep going. i just close all this stuff here. But anyway, I've got to tell you about You know, we do honor Rick Joyner's vision for the sabbatical. Now, some of you that just showed up here, the, someone from Oklahoma just moved here. Oh, a, sub- a church taking a sabbatical? You know, what kind of church is that? Well, God gave Rick that vision that it's a season and a time to let the land rest. Now, down in Fort Mill, they do the whole month. If there's five Sundays in a month, they do it. We don't do the whole month. I hope, you know, it's okay, but uh, we want to honor that time. But um, I think, you know, the final word is not out. And God can change everything. How many of you know that? But right now, what we're thinking is the first three Sundays or 21 days. You know, just not meeting. But you know, there there are some good things too. It's like coming to the end of a semester. You know, you're coming to the end. Seven July is the seventh month. August is what? The eighth month. What does eight represent? It's a new beginning. And so, there's something about letting the land rest. It doesn't mean you let your relationship with God rest. You pursue the Lord even more. But then we come back together and there's a great celebration and... You know, Rick has addressed this. People always asking, "Aren't you afraid of losing people?" Well, you know, we're going to—that's going to happen. But we're really not that afraid of losing anyone, because God sets the people in place, the ones He wants. We don't really want the people that are going from church to church. We would really them to hurry up and go to the next church. But you know, those that are called to this family, called to the purposes of God here, then you're not going to run them off. The devil's been trying to run us off for a long time. And, you know, there is something to that. Now, if you're not called, you probably will get run off. But if you're called, you ain't going to get run off from your family. How do you divorce your family? You, listen, God sets you in place. He puts brothers and sisters around you that He chose. And you're going to divorce them. That's the American church and it's a stench in the nostrils of God. Anyway, I didn't mean to go there this morning. I'm going there. I'm going to say what He says. You know, when you've been around 30-something-plus years, you don't give a rip. Who cares? You don't care who stops giving their tithe. You know, we only want the people that are called. The times that are coming, you don't want to be with a bunch of, you know, half-hearted fence stragglers shopping around, you know. You go shop. There are many places. American church. God's going to shake the tar out of this thing eventually. And, he, and God let it happen. And we'll pick up the pieces. You know, I mean, would you say, hey, man, you know, we knew the church was going to be shaken in America. We knew that a long time ago. Now, one more thing. Then I'm going to get to the Word. You guys with me? You'd be a little patient. You love me anyway, right? I mean, I could, you know. But anyway, um, another thing. People say, what is your vision? All the time, what is your vision? And I have to be honest, I struggle with that sometimes. How can you write down the vision? How can you write... If God is God, and He's as big as we say He is, if no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it even entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those who love Him, and He has revealed them by His Spirit, how how can you write all that down and get it into a little box? You know, I've been thinking about that. And I know... What you should do is look what God is doing and then define it. You know, you, that's like an elder. You don't just appoint somebody as an elder. You look if they're elding and then you say you must be an elder because you're elding. You know what I mean? You do the stuff that's in the, you know, like a, a teacher. How do you know? You're just going to call somebody a teacher. What if they're a false teacher? Folks do that all the time probably. They raise up false teachers because they're looking for somebody to fill a slot. We're not looking for anybody to fill a slot. You look at those who have that gift, that anointing, and you recognize them, you must be a teacher. It's obvious the hand of God is upon you. But anyway, all that kind of stuff. And I'm just saying all that is, you know, if we look at the vision of what's God doing, you know, we're not Moravians. You guys watching, we're not Moravians. Most of us don't even know what we are. We came out of all kinds of denominations. We're just followers of Jesus around here. We don't even want any label. We don't want, don't, don't label us. But anyway, you know, you look around and, and we are in Moravian Falls. So we want to be a people that honors that. You know, the Moravians had this vision or this uh, their, the heartbeat of the Moravian movement would, that the lamb would not re, lose the reward of his suffering. But also they were big in missions. This church is unique. We have so many people going on mission trips. And we want, we want a lot of people to go. You guys that are not going, you need to go. You need to go on a mission trip. Our youth are getting ready to go to Haiti. It's going to be an amazing time. And they, came, they needed a lot of money. Now, back at the beginning, it looked like a lot of money, didn't it? Did you get it all? You got it all and more. God is faithful. God is faithful. So also, as uh, you know, the Moravians were big in prayer. They had a hundred-year prayer meeting. But it wasn't a meeting. They would pray from their homes. But you know, we're trying to pursue that Moravian lampstand. And somebody gave us a word one time. They said, you would have enough intercessors to fill a 747. You remember that? And we've been wondering, okay, God, when's that going to happen? You know, all these prophetic words are nice, but if they don't happen, what good is it? You know what I mean? It dawned on me this week. We got way more. Then are filling a 747 through the presidential prayer watch. I had no idea. There are people all over the nation praying, joining us. There was one lady that sent me a a text, and, and she's over a prayer group. They have a conference call. And I was able to, to go on that call this week. I was blown away. They had people from the eastern part of the state to the central part to the western part, a professor from UNC, Chapel Hill. They had, like 20 people or so, and, and they're saying, "Now we're looking to you. We're looking to you, and I'm thinking, "You're looking to us? You know what I mean? we got to have some. We're looking to him. But anyway, it just hit me. God, listen, God's doing a big thing among us, guys. He's doing something mighty. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. He's doing big stuff. I honestly feel... Now, this may sound cocky, but I believe God answers prayer. I believe our prayers and that Presidential Prayer Watch has had a tremendous effect already. And it's going to have because we're not going to give up. And these people I'm listening to Wednesday morning, they're not going to give up. They are filled with faith and passion and fire and so, anyway, I just hearing all this stuff. And one of the guys, I think it was the professor from UNC, he said, I had a vision. He said, you're like Ezekiel 37. And I see water coming from the altars of the gathering. And it's everywhere it goes. It's going to be like life everywhere it goes. And I said, well, that's, you know, we want to do that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? We want to be faithful. But you just do what you're called to do. Go where you're called to go. Be what you're called to be. And God will take care of the rest. Some of you are saying, when's he going to start preaching? Well, I am. I really am. You know, but, but anyway, here's the vision summed up. We know the prayer movement. We know you're supposed to preach the Word. That's, that's my calling. Preach the Word. Be ready in season and out of season. That means when you feel like it and you don't feel like it. When they'll listen and they don't listen. So, what? you know, we do that. We know we're supposed to worship. We know we're supposed to go to the highways and byways. But we are a prayer movement. We are, and we're a mission movement. And I'm telling you, we had not even seen half of it. Amen. Amen. Can I tell you that? But the main thing is this. Eye is not seen, ear is not heard, nor is it even entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love Him. So, let's go for it. Amen. Amen. I'm going to show you a scripture. Now, we're going to look at some scriptures today. Is that okay? Look in Hebrews real quick, and then I'm going to get to the Word. But Hebrews chapter 2. Because, you know, I ask the Lord sometimes things like this. Maybe you're thinking the same thing. But how come we hadn't seen all these prophecies fulfilled? God, there have been promises. You know, Bobby Connor said this place is going to be so full. In fact, they were about two weeks ago. They were so full. We couldn't get everybody in here. But I mean, on a constant basis, he saw people standing around the wall. I mean, if you remember that word. And and so we've heard these things. I want to show you something. Hebrews chapter 2. Hey, Shirley, would you bring my glasses there in that case? You know, I can see without them, but sometimes if I've got them, I can see a little bit better. Anybody else like that? Sometimes. Sometimes I can't see as good with them. I don't know where, where they got these glasses. But anyway, you know, really sometimes... I don't even, where do we get that? Walmart. No, we didn't get them at Walmart. We get everything from Walmart. Walmart has everything. No, they don't. They don't have everything. But anyway, this is, I'm going to answer that question. How come we're not seeing everything? How come? Well, can I show you something? All right, look in Hebrews chapter 2, beginning there in verse 6. But one testified in a certain place, saying, What is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you take care of him? For you've made him a little lower than the angels. And you look that up, it really means for a little while. You've made him a little lower for a little while. And then Jesus backs this up. He says, For you have crowned him with honor and glory And you set him over the works of your hands, and you put all things in subjection under his feet. Now, that's a word to us. All things are under subjection right now, under our feet. Cancer, all these things that we're praying for, believing, and yet sometimes we don't see immediate answers. So what are you going to do? Quit? Give up? No. So look in verse 8. For in that, he put all things in subjection under him, man. That's the context here. He left nothing that is not put under Him. But now, now, say now. We do not yet see all things put under man. It doesn't look like it, God. But verse 9 is the key. But we see Jesus. There it is. So I don't have to, if I don't see everything that I think God's supposed to be doing the way I think He should do it. But we see Jesus who was made Even Jesus, a little lower than the angels, when He was all man, right? He was all God and all man. So He's referring to His manhood, that aspect, the God-man. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that He, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. In other words, even Jesus was made a little lower than the angels for a little while, but then He was highly exalted. Was every prophecy spoken over His life fulfilled? Every one of them. So I'm going to believe God. And let me tell you, you believe God too. There have been promises spoken over your life. Until then, just keep your eyes on Jesus. That's what that scripture says. I see Jesus. How many of you have a big Jesus? You don't have the little one, do you? James, I know you don't. Micah, you don't have a little Jesus in you. you got a big Jesus. And he's the biggest one that's ever been. Okay, well, let's pray, and then I'm going to just share some things from the Scripture. Because I need to back up some stuff that we've been talking about. Because we're going to need it. We're going to need this. I I gave up. I don't... Man, I'm not here to make a show. I'm not here trying to... You know, we don't want any reputation. How many of you agree? We don't want a reputation. You can throw our reputation in the dump. We don't give a rip. Jesus was made lower than an angel. He even endured the cross. So we don't care about a reputation. We just want to do His will. We just want to know Him. We want to be used so that He might get glory. And when you do the Father's will, He gets glory. And you gain an entrance into heaven because it's only those that do the Father's will. Remember Matthew chapter 7. It's not everyone that says, Lord, Lord. You know, they don't know Him. Not everybody. There's a lot of Lord, Lords in churches in America this morning. But it's only those that do the will of the Father. And so we know that. And um, let's just pray. And then, Lord, we just thank you for this morning. God, we thank you. We don't have to be anything. We don't have to look like anything. Lord, we thank you that there are some things, many things, we do not totally, we we don't even care about our understanding. Lord, you said, don't even worry about it. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And so we acknowledge you. We don't even trust in our understanding. Lord, we thank You there are things that we've not seen that You promised us. But, God, we see Jesus. We see Him. And we know that He's faithful. And every promise spoken over His life was fulfilled. And so it will be over us. And so, Lord, we just thank You again for using us in this conference. We wanted You. We we wanted just to serve people. and, And, Lord, You gave us the grace to do it and we thank you for the fruit that will remain and uh, p- produce a great harvest. And Lord, it looks like to me we could be used many more times like that in in many we could ha- usher a bunch I mean host a bunch of people. So Lord, we're just a willing, we're available. Lord, it's your agenda, it's what you're doing in the earth. But Moravian Falls is open for business. We're open for your business, Lord. And so whatever the Father's will is, let it be done. And we yield to you and trust you. And we thank you that you're teaching us things so that when the enemy rises up, we will not fail. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, one more word about vision. It had to do with yesterday, too, being on the streets. Remember First John, it says, as he was in the world, so we are to be. You want to know our vision? There it is. As Jesus is, you become. You be in the world. If you could do that, you would have a major vision. I mean, you wouldn't have to worry about vision. People ask you, what's your vision? You'd say, well, I'm, I'm, loving, I'm loving people like Jesus. I'm giving, I'm doing. And you, if you see Jesus in us, then we've kind of arrived. How many of you know that? We kind of, not arrived, but you know we're on the right course. You guys with me? We have not arrived. We're not going to arrive until this thing. And then even in eternity, I have a feeling we're going to keep growing somehow in the knowledge, the revelation knowledge of His glory and majesty. I don't know we're ever going to stop learning and seeing the greatness and the vastness. He wouldn't be God if we could get it all. You know what I mean? I mean, there's more and more and more and more, more and more. And then when you think you have more, there's going to be more, more. More. It just means more, but anyway, it's pretty good. Well, I I need to remind us of some things this morning. Can I do that? You know, we've been talking about this last day great battle that we're facing. If you haven't awakened yet to the reality that either you're going to be, we said this, remember, you're either going to be, everybody that's listening right now, all over the earth, You're either going to be a worshipper of the beast, or you're going to be at war with it. There's no middle ground. No choice. You don't have any options. There's some people that say, well, I'm a moderate. You're not going to be a moderate. You're going to be all the way for him, or you're going to be all the way for him. Jesus said, "If, if you're not for me, you're against me. You're against me. That's what the Lord said. And so anyway... Things are beginning to happen that God is going to divide, you know, right down the middle. And we talked about all that. We won't go back there. I won't bore you with all that. But you remember there's about seven or eight. And that's all the things we found the ways that God is dividing people today. You remember some of those? Just shout some of them. If you'd forgotten, I'm going to say, God, they're not even listening. Why am I preaching? You know, I could go to the golf course. No, 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 I don't want to go. I don't even play golf anymore. I used to, when Rick played, and I'd go just to hang out with Rick and those guys. I mean, they would be in the middle and I would be off to the left and the right. But eventually I would get caught back up. By the time we got to the green, I would have fellowship with Rick and those guys. Most of the time they were already gone to the next one. I'm catching up. But anyway, I won't go there. I had a lot of fun. You know, when you're angry, you can really take it out on the golf ball. You know what I mean? And, but anyway, she, she already told me, don't be chasing rabbit trails. No, it wasn't you, Shirley. It was someone else. All right. Go to Daniel chapter 12. I've got to show you this stuff. And I'm going to repeat some things, but we, we need to get this. We must get this. If you're visiting and this is the only time we'll ever see you, we want you to get a download of Revelation and then you just go back and, and meditate and, and let God continue to add. And He will do that. He will be faithful. There is a, there is a teaching anointing. There's a Revelation anointing around Moravian Falls. There's, there's an anointing to write books. We've got people. Our friend Mary wrote a book. Many people are writing books. Some of you need to write books. You're getting stuff from God and you're, making, you're taking notes. Things are happening. It's not just for you. Okay, there, now some things are just for us. But freely you receive, freely give it away. I want to see some books, okay? We've got, we got a bookstore. We'll make a way for your book. But you got to start being faithful and just doing what God said. But we got to be ready for the times because the battle is raging. This beast is no really simple little, you know. It's not. You're not going to be able to pet this thing. This isn't. This beast is vicious. If you, if you have any discernment, the beast is alive right now on the earth. You can see, you can see this thing beginning to take shape, take form. You see the um, the disciples of the beast, just like the Lord has disciples. Anyway, I don't want to get too much into that because I can only share what I know. But but look at this in Revelation chapter 12. Now, this is going to happen, and there shall be, verse 1, there shall be a time of trouble. Say "trouble." trouble. Now, don't feel bad because you say that word. The Lord used it. He said, you're going to have troubles, right? You're going to have trouble in this life. Nevertheless, you know, that's not the end of the story. For there shall be a time of trouble, such as never since there was a nation, even to that time, And at that time, your people shall be, what? Delivered or saved or rescued. How many of you like that part of the verse? Trouble, but deliverance. All that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That speaks to salvation. It also speaks to deliverance for those that put their trust in Him. For everyone, and then it defines everyone who is found written in the book. What book? The book of life, the Lamb's book of life. And then it says in verse 3, And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. How many of you want to be in that crowd? We want to shine like the stars forever and ever. That's eternity. Those... We're going to have wisdom. There'll be those who will not know what's going on, but the righteous will have a wisdom from the Father, not, a, not the wisdom from the world. The wisdom of the world is quickly beginning to crumble. How many of you notice that? Yeah. You know, CNN's wisdom is crumbling. It's already crumbled a long time ago. Yeah. And people are catching up to it. There's no the wisdom of man is foolishness. But that which man thinks is foolish is that which is really wisdom. It's the wisdom of God. Now, there's an interesting verse in verse four. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. And many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Some of you know that's happening right now. Knowledge is increasing at an incredible rate. It's astounding, and many are running. To or fro all over the earth That verse I've often wondered when that's going to happen I remember many years ago Lord how's that going to happen Well it's happening Knowledge is increasing Many are running to and fro And then in verse 9 And he said go your way Daniel For the words are closed Closed up and sealed to the time of the end And then he talks about the purification And those who do wickedly They're not going to understand They'll continue to do their wickedness But you are going to shine, and you're going to understand, and it's going to be a glorious time, even in a day of trouble. How many of you know that? But there's a book, the book, and the Bible talks about Now, let's go back to something we read. Look over in Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Lord, help us get this. Lord, I, I pray, let it bear fruit. Let it be rooted in our hearts. Lord, we don't want just head knowledge. We ask you for heart knowledge, revelation, so that we will be built up. Lord, we got to live every day as if it's our last. You know, i got to preach as if it's the last time I'll ever stand in this pulpit. And You need to get this word. I'm telling you, it's a word. It's vital. All right, Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. Remember this. We looked at it. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men. I'm going to confess Him before my Father. But if you deny Him before men, I'm going to deny you. How many of you know that scripture? That's one of the ways that God is going to divide. In fact, I didn't go back there earlier. But, you know, there's those who confess from those who deny. There's the wheat from the tares, the sheep from the goat, the wicked from the righteous, the left from the right. That one I always wonder about. You know, does that really mean, Lord, what I would think it means? Probably not. But He is going, you know, because I know there are folks on the left that are going to be a part of this great in-gathering and great purpose of God in this hour. Politically, they're going to be changed. They're going to have a heart change. God so loves the world. He's not casting them out. He wants to draw them in. But anyway, there are many, many other ways. Those who serve God from those who do not, those who who went from those who were sent, you're going to tell the difference. Those who went, you're going to find out. They only went to do their own thing, their own vision, their own heart. But those who were sent, those who God sends, speaks God's Word. That's what Jesus said. So anyway, we we don't want to go back into that, but I actually did. I shared with you. So anyway, look in verse 34. Now here's another thing, a separation. Remember we read this. How many of you remember this? Do not think. Now this is the Lord speaking. If the Lord walked up to you and said, hey... Don't think about this. How would you feel? Would you try not to think about it? You know what I mean? If The Lord, Jesus. Hey, don't even think. You know, you've got to try your best. You know, but you would try your best. Don't think. He said, don't even think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I've come to set a man against his father. A daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. How many of you know that's true? You, if you follow the Lord, you've seen in our families at times, things like this happen. Now, there are different realms of a household. You know, I look at the American household. How many of you know our greatest enemies in America? They're not in China. It's not Russia Thank God it's not in North Korea. Thank God for what's happening with North Korea. It's not Iran. You know where our greatest enemies are today? They're sitting right in the middle of this place. Not his place. Maybe this place too. But in the midst of our nation. They're sitting in positions of authority and governmental position. And we're finding out that now how much of an enemy they really were. So anyway, this is an interesting time to live. How many of you are thankful you're alive on the earth at this time? It's an incredible time to live and be called. But then Jesus said... Now, this, how many of you know this is not words or in red? They're not the words of David. Jesus said, He who loves father or mother more than me is not even worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who loses his life or who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake... We'll find it. That's that is Christianity. That's the real deal. And I don't know that you know that's the typical American message or not in this hour, but it's gonna be again. It's gonna be from sea to shining sea. You either follow him or you don't. You're gonna you'll love him or you'll hate him. And so we're living in these incredible times. But the sword speaks of two things. It, makes, it speaks of separation. You know, the Word is like a sword that divides, you know, flesh, spirit, all these things. But it also speaks of war. War. War maybe in the natural. When We know Jesus said there are going to be wars and rumors of wars, but it's definitely war in the spiritual realm. How many of you know that? You know, it's probably good the Lord is not allowing... Some of us, some of you may have visions of this all the time, but in the spiritual dimension, you probably don't want to see everything that's happening. You know, but then maybe you do, because yes, for every two demons, or every one demon, there's two angels. I believe that. I believe they are far more for us than against us. You know, the host of heaven. It's much greater. But still, there's great conflict going on in the heavenlies. Great conflict going over in over your life. Great conflict over your family, over your children, over this church. If you don't believe me, just hang around a little while. There's great conflict over Moravian Falls. The reason is because of the call of God on this place. There's a great call on our lives. And sometimes you see just a little bit of it. And we're going to get to see a whole bunch of it. But I hope, I hope He keeps us blinded so we won't become too proud. You know, men and women become a little proud when they start seeing what God is doing around them or through them. How yeah, I many of you know that? It's a trap. Don't go there. God resists the proud. You want to be resisted of, of God, then just become a little proudful. So a good prayer is, God, keep me humble. And then He'll say, well, I can, but it'd be better if you humble yourself. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. How I many of you know that would be better than if God humbles you? Because when He humbles you, He really does humble you. He's a good God, but His ways. He's a, every son that He loves, He disciplines. You know, if you look up the word discipline, you might want to think twice about joining the crowd of, a Christ, of being a Christian. Because it means scourge. He's a father that'll beat the tar out of you, you get out, cuz he wants you to walk in the ways that he has for you. Some of you don't know about all that stuff, but just read the Bible. It's all in the Bible. If he loves you, he disciplines you. You want the discipline. Don't reject the discipline. Welcome. It just means that he loves you and you're one of his sons. And he wants the best. Listen, it's you know, they taught us don't discipline your children. How good did that go? How, how'd that work out in America? You know, it didn't work out that well. God is much wiser than men. Anyway, looking. This may be a two-part message. That'd be all right. I get to preach two weeks in a row. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I, and then... Uh, so that would actually be all right. Because we have this conference going on at Fort Mill this week so I could spend time... Hanging around with the guys. Hopefully they won't go to the golf course. You know what I mean? Because I, I, you know, I just, what are they? Slice, hook, slice, hook, slice, hook, dub, whatever. All right, stay the course, David. Psalm 140. Yeah, that's it. Stay on the course. That's the goal of the game. Stay on the course. Don't get off the highway. I mean, get off, what are you doing? Anyway, I had a lot of fun in those days. We should go do that one day just to do it with the youth group. Go play golf. Anyway, all right, I'm going to try to get back. Deliver me, O Lord. (laughs) Yeah, this is good. (laughs) You ever read the Bible and it's like speaking to you? Deliver me, O Lord, from evil men. This is a good prayer to pray. Preserve me from violent men who plan evil things in their hearts. They continually gather together for what? For war. Against who? You. They continually gather together. They sharpen their tongues like a serpent. The poison of asp is under their lips. And then here's the prayer. Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. If you don't pray Psalm 140, you should. Should be part of your repertoire, your arsenal, your daily. Preserve me, O God, from violent men who purpose to make my steps stumble. And if they're not violent men, they're demons galore. They're trying to make your steps stumble. So God, deliver me. The proud, verse 5, the proud have hidden a snare and cords. They've spread a net by the wayside. They've set traps for me. But I said to the Lord, here's the confession. I said to the Lord, you don't want to just read verse 1 through 5 and then go go to bed. You want to make sure you get to verse 6. I say to the Lord, I confess to the Lord, you are my God. Hear the voice of my supplications, O Lord. O God the Lord, the strength of my salvation. For you have covered my head in the day of battle. And the word covered means sheltered. He sheltered you. You ever found a shelter in the midst of a storm? You know, you go and you take shelter. He is a shelter. His shelter is open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. He's an eternal shelter. And you can run to Him and He covers us. In the day of what? Battle. Now let's see how I can go from here and find a good drop-off point. We got to talk about the books. Because I discovered recently another book that I, I know I've read this. Many times have you read through the Bible many, many, many times. And I know I've probably seen it. But I, hadn't, I just, I don't know, I saw it about a month ago. And I'm still saying, God, what does it mean? I asked Sadu if he ever saw it. You know, these guys that have encounters every day. Have you ever seen this book? He said, no, he's never seen it. And it's the book of the wars of the Lord. Numbers, look over there. Numbers chapter 21. Now, this is just my... I don't know if this is a thus saith the Lord. But Daniel said that there are going to be some books that are going to be closed until the end of time, until the end of the age. And then at the end of the age, those books are going to be open. Now, my own opinion is, is that the book of the wars of the Lord is going to be opened in this hour. So that we'll have the strategies of God in the days of battle. We're in a day of battle. You think you're going to escape and run and hide. Now, there is a shelter But you can't stay in the shelter forever. You just bring the shelter with you when you go into the day of battle. God will be with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never leave you. But we're in a day of battle. You guys got that. It's a great battle. There are people that are AWOL. We need to call them back in. We need them. We need everybody fulfilling their ranks. Ecclesiastes talks about don't leave your post. Because of the Americanized... Church scene, people leave their post all the time. Right when they're ready to bear fruit, they leave their post. God planted them and they uprooted themselves. And I tell you, it's just, you know, you think about, God, how are you going to clean this mess up? Well, He's got a way of doing it. He'll shake it all back together. Shaking is not just to shake things apart. It's to shake things together. I'm telling you. So we need the great Shaking. Everybody, you guys with me? Don't check out yet. If you check out, if I see anybody sleeping, I'm going to send Lucas and James and Dylan and, and these guys, David. You, guys, you just go get them. All right? Yeah, you shake them. Because they need a shaking. We need a shaking. Oh, God. Shake the Presbyterian church. Listen, God's not going to give up on them. My wife's a Presbyterian. She was a Presbyterian. We're not going to give up. During our break, I'm going to get maybe to preach at a Presbyterian church. Now, i got to behave. You know, you you got to behave. You be all things. Don't behave. But anyway, I want to get in there. I, want to, I just won't yell. You yell in a Presbyterian church, you know how many folks would be left? You would turn around and turn back. Where did they go? You know, Voodoo. No, not voodoo. i do, I rebuke that. I rebuke that. We don't have any of that stuff. I guess that was in my mind because we were talking about Haiti. And the guy, the pastor we met, took on voodoo. And when they were going to re-sign this covenant with voodoo in Haiti, they, they actually, did you know that? They had a covenant with voodoo. This pastor went on national radio and said no to voodoo. Yes to Jesus over Haiti. And he proclaimed Jesus as Lord over Haiti. And the government did not re-sign the covenant with voodoo. Now, he almost lost his life. But he didn't. God rescued him supernaturally. So you guys are going to get to go there. I'm telling you, voodoo does not reign in Haiti. Jesus reigns. You carry the truth. You carry the power of God with you. See the dead raised. They're dying all the time. You know, there's stuff going on. Demons. People are captive. You have the authority. You have the answer. His name is Jesus. Okay, let's get... I'm going to wrap it up, but you've got to go to Numbers 21. Here's how we'll, we'll wrap it up in this chapter. Everybody said, Amen, right? Now, it's interesting what's going on in Numbers chapter 21. They're in battle. The great battles that are happening. Verse 1, it says, Then he fought speaking of the king of Arab, the Canaanite, and speaks about fighting against Israel. And they took some of them prisoners. So Israel made a vow to the Lord. If you will indeed deliver this people into My hand, then I will utterly destroy their cities. And the Lord listened to the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites, and they utterly destroyed them in their cities. So the name of that place was called Hormah, which means utter destruction. So they're in the midst of their journeys in verse 4. And uh, it said the people began to become discouraged. You know what the word discouraged means? Impatient. The people began to grow impatient. They're on the journey to the promised land. They're having battles, big time battles. They know the promises are ahead. So they began complaining against Moses and against God. And they began to become impatient. How many of you know what? I mean when I say impatient. You ever get impatient? Let's confess. All the confess. Impatience. We have impatience growing in our front yard. We used to, but that's not the kind we're talking about. They don't, we don't want them growing here. You know what I mean. But they're actually... Is that what they're called? It's close. I got it. They're they just... They're different colors. Anyway, so they journeyed. And they became discouraged and they start speaking against Moses and against the Lord. Now, this is serious in verse 6. So the Lord let them get by. No, look what He did. The Lord, say the Lord, the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. And they bit the people. And many of the, of the people of Israel died. That sounds like a serious God to me. Serious. It's not the play Santa Claus that we often hear about. Give me this. Give me that. Do this for me. Do that for me. That sounds like a pretty serious God. Because the wrath of God is a serious thing. That's why Jesus went to the cross. We always have to point people when you show this to people. You say, well, how does that relate to today? Jesus took upon himself the ultimate full 100% wrath of God. You're going to be in for the wrath of God unless you turn to Him. The answer's the cross. It's the cross whereby men are forgiven of their sins. We're justified. And justified means just as if you've never sinned. And so God cleanses us, forgives us at the cross. But still, He's a serious God. Verse 7, Therefore the people came to Moses. We have sinned. And we've spoken, so they went to Moses, take away, would you pray that these serpents will be taken away? And then you know in verse 8 and verse 9 is where they set the, the serpent on the pole, the bronze serpent. And you know what that represents today, right? Healing or medicine, and that we have that today. And then in verse 10, they moved on, they camped, they're journeying. And then in verse 14, therefore it was said in the book of the wars of the Lord. And then it goes on, you can read, now, before I talk about the book of the wars, and then we'll wrap it up. But in this journey, there were wells that had been dug, but evidently something had happened. And so they, they gave them a song in their journey. They were to sing, spring up, O oh well, spring up, oh well. That was to be their song. You know, people are doing that today. There are wells in nations that have been somehow covered up clogged up, whatever, and they're going to these places and they're singing and God's springing up. But you know where the greatest wells are? Right here. The well in you is a well of living water. Spring up, a oh well. When that well begins to spring up, watch out America. Watch out Israel. Watch out Jordan. Watch out Iran. Watch out Russia. Because the church is coming to life. It's the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit's rising up in people. That's a pretty good song if you think about it. Spring up, O well. We used to sing a song like that. Spring up, O well, down in my soul or something like that. You remember that? It's good stuff. When that well springs up, a lot of thirsty folks are going to find something to drink. But anyway, so they're continuing on into, uh, look in verse 18. And they go to this place called Matana, which means a gift. So on the journey that we're on to the promises of God, the promised land, the fulfillment of all that he's spoken, you know, God gives gifts along the way. I mean, there's enough. Jesus is the greatest gift. And then it says from Matana to Nahalio, which means inheritance or the valley of God. You know, there are mountains that God calls us to, but there are also valleys. How many of you are aware of that? you know, fruit does not grow that well on the mountains. Where does fruit mostly grow? In the valleys. God never intended for us to stay on the mountaintops. We go to the mountain for revelation. We go down into the valley to bear fruit. Come unto me and then go into the world. We're called to live in the valleys where people live. Set them free. Proclaim the gospel. Be as He is in the world so we're to be. You guys with me? Mountaintop to valley. Now, Rick just had this incredible vision. I don't know if he shared this at Partners Weekend, if any of you were there. But when he and Brother Sadhu and I were having lunch after that, when did Rick speak? Saturday morning. Rick, now he, I think he touched on it. But it's much more deep than what he touched on. He's had this incredible encounter with the valley of the shadow of death. And God's given him a download of Revelation. And I'm going I'm, you know, to let him tell you. I couldn't begin to tell you. But the things that God is showing him. That you know even all of us are going to go through valleys of the shadow of death. But we're not to fear evil. And God is going to prove that He's our shepherd. And He's going to give us... Our cup is going to run over. There are things that God is preparing for us that when we walk through these valleys... We're going to find that He's more than enough to make it through. And then we will live, we'll continue to ascend the mountains of God and continue to go into the valleys to do the will of God. But anyway, I'm going to let Rick share that. But there are valleys. And then the next town they go to, from Nehalio to Bamoth. I don't know. You can look it up how to pronounce it. But it means a high place of Baal. Now, think about this. On their journey, they had to go to the places where there was Baal worship. This was a place known as it it was really big time in the occult. But listen, God specializes in doing stuff in the midst of gross darkness. Do you know Ephesus was a place where witchcraft, there were sorcerers, what was it, the itinerant exorcists were there? You know, I mean, there was some gross stuff stuff going on in Ephesus. You know, all kind of witches and sorcerers and spiritual darkness. Some of the greatest miracles happened in Ephesus. God's waiting for a people. Listen, His light will shine in the grossest places of darkness. That's what He says, arise and shine, for darkness shall cover the earth, but the glory of the Lord shall arise over you. So it doesn't matter wherever He sends us, His glory is greater. The glory of God is greater than whatever glory the devil would claim to have. In fact, all of his is going to be stripped away from him anyway. Are you guys with me? And then you can go on. There's a whole lot more. It goes into Pisgah. You know what Pisgah means? That's the place down the parkway we can go to. No, that's not what that means. It just means, it just means you can see it's a high place. You can see from God's perspective, things like that. And uh, we want to see what God is saying. It's a high place, a hill, a fortress. But there are going to be battles. Okay, this is where I want to wrap it up. The book of the wars of the Lord. If it's true that God is opening this book and He's allowing us to get in on this, it's because He knows something we need to know. The first thing is there are going to be battles. The second thing is you're made for it. You're made for the battle. You know how the Marines get ready to go into war? They get them ready to go. They give them war, don't they? They send them through hell to get them ready for hell. You know what I'm talking about? They get them ready. Get them ready. They send them into the valleys. They get them ready. Well, anyway, what are the book of the wars of the Lord? Because if this is real, you, you hear me saying, I don't know if this is one of the books that are being opened at the end of the age, you know. I mean, who are we to say that? You know who we are? We're the sons of God the sons and daughters of god so anyway i asked brother sadu about this he kind of tended to agree with me i asked him had you ever seen it he said no never seen it so guess what the church is going to get to see it and it's going to do here's what it's going to do number 1 it's a book of the account of the historical battles and the journey of god's people okay that's the number one thing that's what it was a real book a real scroll Secondly, it tells us that war is inevitable. It's inevitable. You know, I've shared with you how the first prophetic word I, I remembered in my life was that you would never be a dripless candle. Remember, I shared that. That wasn't the first prophetic word I've ever received, and I just recently remembered. You ever recently remembered something? You know, you thought you remembered correctly, and then you realize, oh, wait a minute. My memory is flawed. Actually, I remember something. The first prophetic word I ever received that I can remember. I'm in seminary, a Baptist seminary. I'm not a threat to anybody. You know what I mean? And so these Methodist churches in the New Orleans area, evidently they couldn't get enough youth pastors, so they came on campus to interviewing some of the Baptist guys and see if they would come work for them. And I was one of them. So I'm working at Gretna United Methodist Church as a youth pastor and an associate pastor. First, you know, church experience. That's the place. Can I get off one rabbit trail? Yes. <laughs> That's the place. My, now I preached back home, but the first time I preached there, I'm standing behind. They had a big pulpit. And I'm standing behind, and I look down, and my fly is open. The first time, it's, it's totally open. Now the pastor's gone. And in that kind of church, you've got to go back to the door and greet all the folks at the end. You know what I mean? You can't stand up here. You, you could lose your, you, you get fired. You've got to go back there. Oh, wonderful message. Wonderful, you know, God bless you. They're just telling you what you want to hear. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. But anyway, that's another story. But I thought, what am I going to do, God? This is serious. I'm, you know, I keep looking down. God, I'm in trouble. They're going to fire me here. So anyway, I get the good, gigantic Methodist hymnal and cover myself up. And then I, walk, I walk back to the door. And anyway, I'm shaking hands. And some people tried to grab my other hand. They could not grab my other hand that day. It ain't going to happen. They're not going to grab my left hand. It ain't going to happen. Anyway, anyway, I'm just telling you, life is fun in ministry. It's a blast. You don't even have to act holy. I was holy that day. But it's not the kind of holy I wanted to be. Anyway, I don't know how I got off on that story. And surely you'll tell me, David, that was ridiculous telling them that story. But anyway, I know what I'm saying. I'm trying to wrap this thing up here. The first prophetic word is they invite me to this guy. His name is Samuel Doctorian. Anybody heard of that name? Samuel Doctorian. He's speaking at another Methodist church. He was not a Methodist. So I go to Algiers United Methodist Church and I'm speaking, I'm sitting there and he calls me up or maybe I go for prayer. But he walks up to me and looks at me in the eyes and he says, son, don't give up the fight. Don't give up the fight. Stay in the battle. Now, to me, that was a prophetic word. And I've never forgotten it. And I'm telling you that this morning, don't give up the fight. Stay in the battle. Wars are inevitable. The third thing about the book of the Lord it is they're of the, they're the wars of the Lord. The battles are against ultimately Him. We're just in the midst of this. We're living in the world. We're not of the world. But we're in it. And you know, really, the battle that's raging against the president of this nation is not really against him. It's against you and me. It's against our freedom. And ultimately, the battle, if you cut it down, okay, what is it ultimately against? It's against God. It's the spirit of Antichrist. so God's getting us ready for this. He's given us understanding. He's opening the books of the wars of the Lord so that we'll be able to stand in the day of battle. And know that we always triumph in Christ Jesus. They're the wars of the Lord. And then also, I believe, this is what I feel. That the book, the the final chapters are about to be written. Okay, the book is still being written. That's why it's if it's been closed and God's raising it up, there are final chapters that are about to be written. The next thing is the characters have changed. Now, in the first part of the book of the Wars of the Lord, talked about Moses and Aaron and all these guys and Joshua and all the battles. But guess whose names are in the latter part of the book. Yours, yours, and mine, and hers, and yours, and yours. Dylan, your name is in the book. The book of the life, but also you're you're one of the characters that God wants to raise up in this final hour to declare the greatness and the glory of God. Okay, we'll do part two later. God, how are we going to survive? You know what I mean? These are big battles. How many of you know God has left some of the giants in the land for purpose? It's for purpose. So that you and I would declare His glory to a generation that needs to see that God loves them. And that His power is greater than any other. Amen? I want to just pray I don't know what God wants to release but let's just let we need the Holy Spirit and that's enough of my talk if I kept on talking it would be it'd be me talking Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit Spirit of God Holy Spirit of God rise up in this place O God rise up in this place O God rise up O God Rise up, O God. When you rise up, your enemies are scattered. Let's just just stand. Just rise up. I'm just going to pray. Whatever, God. But let's let's just worship. Go ahead and play something, guys. Thank you, Lord. Let's just wait on Him for just a little bit. Lord, we honor you. I didn't mean to say just a little bit, God. We wait on you. It's our whole life. This is our journey. And those that wait on you, well, they're not going to grow weary. Even in the midst of the most ferocious, fiercest, antagonistic, all the stuff. God, we thank you. We thank you. We stand in you. Thank you, Lord.